0: Unmasking Prejudice Silencing the Internal Voice of Bigotry by Dr. Melody Hilton. Chapter 12 Your Voice, Your Responsibility. My desire in writing this book has been to confront the destructive power of devaluation of human life in all its forms. My dream is to see a cultural shift in families, communities, and nations so that future generations do not live in fear. I have purposed to write with a heart of value and honor for every person on the planet, even when they have expressed their past and present pain in destructive ways. I've shared with you only some of my pain and mistakes. I'm far from perfect, and though I'm more whole than I've ever been, I'm still a work in progress, too. With angry voices, biased assumptions, media propaganda, gossip, and more, there is so much vying for our attention and affecting us each and every day. Every person's reality has been shaped by their own painful experiences, but still there remains a hidden cry for inner peace, emotional health, and personal happiness. Championing justice will not heal the heart but the healed heart will champion justice. Confronting what is wrong in our world will not fix what is wrong in us, but internal freedom will confront injustice through just actions. Antagonistic word assaults will never make one internally powerful, but the powerful provoke healthy dialogue and give birth to reformation. Nelson Mandela was a champion of justice, and a peaceful, nonviolent anti apartheid activist. He reshaped history by becoming the first black president of South Africa and later won the Nobel Peace Prize. History reveals the injustices against him and his people through a racist governmental system. I have no doubt that there were times he felt like his voice was ineffective, his labors appeared pointless. And his heart was broken. This courageous man said, A brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Taking responsibility for the possible, or what I can do, is the tiny seed planted in the land of impossibility, or what I cannot do. The more of us who accept the commission for the healing of our land, the greater harvest we will possess for generations to come. Many are fighting to save the planet from destruction, and we should steward all our resources well, but if all our natural resources are preserved, and the people themselves are prejudiced and hateful, the affliction of the soul will destroy the quality of life for those on the planet. In Kevin's account, Chapter 7, The Painful Stories of Prejudice, He wrote about his parents and grandparents, who were housed in the Japanese internment camps. When asked about solutions, he said, I think the example of the Japanese Americans during World War II is an example. They took a very long-term approach to slowly work within the system to earn respect and bring justice. Finally, during the Reagan administration, after almost four decades— The U.S. government officially apologized to the Japanese-Americans for interning them in concentration camps. You cannot dismiss the painful prejudice they experienced. But the Japanese-Americans took personal responsibility for their voice, their lives, and their posterity. When our hearts are bound to the pain of the past, our capacity to enjoy the present and prepare for the future is limited. A strong spirit is not created by painful experiences, but by taking personal responsibility for them, and using those experiences to shape our internal voice. My life was negatively affected by the pain of my past, and my heart breaks today for the pain of others, but I cannot be bound to that pain. I alone I am responsible to silence the internal voice of bigotry within me. Once again, my desire is to see healing come to the people of the world. But the things that I am writing are powerless to change anyone until they take responsibility for the condition of their own soul. The obstacles of yesterday have no influence in our lives unless we listen to their voice. Let each of us take responsibility to silence, prejudgment, bias, assumptions, gossip, stereotypes, and criticism. So the powerful contribution of our voice to impact our world for good is not polluted. Own your life. You must first assume full responsibility to become what you want to see in your world. In a world where many are affected by the abuse of power, injustice, and even culturally acceptable devaluation, we can accept the fact that we will never entirely escape its diabolical influence. However, though we are not exempt from the forces of this influence, we must courageously and powerfully own our own life. We hold the power of choice and internal self-governance. We can choose love when hate is screaming in our ears. We can choose peace when chaos surrounds us. We can choose to reserve judgment and gather the facts rather than the gossip. We can choose to judge a person based upon their character rather than the color of their skin, their gender, their age, and even their past. All of these things are unequivocally powerful. Reacting out of fear, ignorance, and inflated emotion is powerless. Negative emotions are an ever-changing stream traveling the circumstantial landscapes of life. Don't trust them when charting your course. In order to own our lives, we must reject the blame game, even when it is another's fault. Face it. Rarely would human nature accept responsibility without a developed internal ability to own his or her own life. We do not have power over the actions of another, but we do have power to choose how we will respond. When fighting matches arise, even in the family unit, it is founded in blame. You made me angry when you did. Why should I show you love when you do not respect me? The blame game gives away your power to someone as you allow them to regulate how you will think, feel, and act. You will live extrinsically controlled rather than exercising your ability to own your own life through self-control. The choice is ours. We can live out of control, powerless lives, excusing our own negative behavior by blaming our actions on the failures, mistakes, or actions of another— Or we can own our lives by choosing to take control of self and do the right thing. We will be taking back our lives by assuming responsibility for our own thoughts, attitudes, and actions. The years of sexual molestation in my life could have held me in an emotional prison my entire life. My shame, fear, and self-protective control would have continued to sabotage my life my relationships, my leadership, and my ability to enjoy life. I would have allowed the injustices of my past to define my present and my future. I would have continued to parent my children in shame and protect my heart from a good husband waiting for him to inevitably hurt me. At 37 years old, I realized I was still giving power to the individuals who violated me more than 30 years earlier. Some were dead for many years, yet in my mind their actions against me controlled how I thought, believed, and acted. At one significant eye-opening moment, I realized the anger I was experiencing was not directed toward the people who had committed injustices against me, but toward myself because I continued to give those painful experiences power. No more. I began to take back my life. If you want to stop the influence of the prejudiced, the gossips, and the bigots, own your own life. If you want to render the actions of another powerless, own your own life. Assuming Responsibility Through Forgiveness To own our own life, we must forgive. We believe that our anger, judgment, gossip, or hatred protects us from being hurt again. But the opposite is true. When we remain bound by toxic mindsets that are self-destructive, we begin to implode under the weight of powerlessness. These negative thoughts and stress-filled emotions keep us bound in a prison of self-destructive unforgiveness, negatively affecting our physical and emotional health. Dr. Ellen Weber says, Stress comes from hostility, and while it gets dubbed by many names, stress shrinks the brain and anxiety drains mental life. Simply stated, stress flips your brain into shutdown or shotgun mode. You may have defaulted to ruts or triggered further problems because stress from unforgiveness masks as a savior, but strikes as a killer. Why would I want to hold offense toward another when it ultimately sabotages my ability to be physically, emotionally, relationally, and even spiritually healthy? She continues, Brainwaves slow to a grind, and serotonin supplies diminish under excessive weights of a grudge. We need high levels of serotonin and recognize that a healthy mind brings health to the body. Therefore, it's time to man up by asking for forgiveness and genuinely extending it to others. It is important to understand that forgiveness does not excuse destructive behavior, nor does it mean you have to position yourself in harm's way again. However, forgiveness allows your mind to release another to his or her choices. While you choose those things that are beneficial to your own emotional, physical, and spiritual health, it moves you internally from the sense of being powerless through the actions of another to a place of inner strength, no matter what their attitude. Forgiveness does not mean you are to continue to trust the untrustworthy but it removes their power to control your thoughts, mind, attitudes, actions, and reactions. There are such amazing benefits to brain health when we forgive. When we forgive, we set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner we set free was us. Forgiveness literally cleans up the memory, allowing healthy memories to flourish. When you forgive, the very chemical structure of the brain changes from the negative to the positive, affecting the entire thinking-memory-building process. Forgiveness literally alters the brain's wiring, away from distortions brought about by the past, and beyond fears that limit the future. It leads from misery of a broken promise to wellness that builds new neuron pathways into physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Forgiveness transforms the haunted into healthy. Reject the temptation to be offended. Someone may send you an invitation to be offended, but you do not have to accept it. My skin pigmentation is so light, it has left me with the constant challenge of protecting my skin from the sun. When I was young, I hated being so white that I would spend countless hours sunbathing trying to get a tan, Often, I ended up with sun poisoning, leaving my body covered with blisters. The sunburn was so painful and my skin so hot that I shook involuntarily with chills. My skin was so sensitive that the slightest touch would cause me to scream, Don't touch me! I was so angry that their touch caused me pain that it triggered my instinctive response to throw a punch or hurt them back. Victim mindsets hold us captive as we develop emotional sensitivity to the slightest infraction as we scream, You've offended me! We want to attack the offender and watch them suffer in the same way their words touched the sunburned areas of our life. You might say, Melody, you do not understand. They don't know what it's like. They don't know what I've been through. They don't know... Yes. This is undoubtedly a true statement. They do not know. However, the only way they will know how you feel is if you tell them. In those sunburned seasons of my youth, I learned to lift my hand as a stop sign and say, Don't touch me because I have sunburn. They would respond with compassion and not touch me until I healed. Could it be that our rejection of offense would open a door for dialogue? Allowing a perceived threat to become a loyal friend? We are often offended by the actions of another because it's mirroring a wound in our own lives. Quote by Robert H. Shuler, Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Separate yourself from the rat race. The rat race is a term used to describe a frustrating and powerless way of life. It encompasses competition, rivalry, comparison, and the idea that this race cannot be won. This leaves us with the belief that something is wrong with us and we're not good enough. Yet, if in some way or somehow we could be one of the first to cross the finish line, would we be able to stand on the platform and receive the accolades of the masses? Can you imagine the sweetness of that victory? Can you imagine the thrill of seeing the shame and defeat heaped upon all those who have opposed you? To believe that someone must lose or fail in order for you to win, or that someone must be hurt in order for you to heal is a falsehood. This lie leaves us looking over our shoulder for the competitors in the proverbial rat race. The greatest violation of relationship, personally or professionally, is when our hearts grow cold, vision dies, and we no longer care how our actions affect another. Self-centric needs consume our thoughts with little regard as to how our behaviors affect others. Emotional immaturity is put on display as aggressive fits of anger work to manipulate others, all so we can get ahead in this rat race. We expect this from babies and young children, knowing that he or she will mature and grow into a responsible, caring adult. In the rat race, however, we see adults throw their fits of rage, hatred, and entitlement, believing that society should cater to his or her needs. He or she feels they are entitled to win the rat race and stand on the platform champions. We cannot afford to become our own standard of right and wrong, when we no longer care what is right or wrong and believe that the end justifies the means, we've crossed the line into dangerous territory. We are perpetuating the problem when we could be a part of the solution. These things are red flags waving before our eyes, warning us to exit the rat race. Every person must personally assess him or herself and then take responsibility through corresponding action. They must own their own life. From that place of proper self-assessment, they can begin to make healthy life decisions and determine how to become the best version of themselves. When we individually begin to understand our contribution to those within our personal and public world, Success will be obtainable because of our self-governing power of choice. It is true that all of us are running a race. This race requires the courage to be faithful to ourselves, loved ones, and the whole of society. This race cannot be won alone. We need each other. We need our diverse skills, races, ages, perspectives, and so on. This race is one we can all win when we compliment, not compete, celebrate, not tolerate, understand, not alienate, and validate, not extricate. In simplicity, we win when we love the person and don't fear the difference. Pandora's box. In recent years, good and honorable leaders have faced and are still facing unprecedented challenges. They find themselves afraid to lead their organizations in the event that their words could be contrived as offensive or that their decisions may appear prejudiced. So many cards could be played that they find themselves walking on eggshells. Some may take advantage of this fear in order to get what they want working the system. This will never build healthy relationships or positively impact an organization's culture. In fact, It generates an entombed inferno of divisiveness. The one trying to manipulate by using this card for their gain may get what they want, but it will become a complicated set of problems, opening Pandora's box within their soul and within the community of workers that surround them. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Man is man because he is free to operate within the framework of his destiny. He is free to deliberate, to make decisions, and to choose between alternatives. He is distinguished from animals by his freedom to do evil or to do good and to walk the high road of beauty or tread the low road of ugly degeneracy. By now you should know my hatred for prejudice, bias, assumption, and gossip. You know I hate the abuse of power from any leader or person with a platform of influence. This influence does not have to stem from positional power. Many people use their relational platforms to propagate their biases. They may appear to be in a casual conversation, but they tactfully use their words and even their emotions to seed their desired outcome. Fear drives a person to meet his or her needs, even at the expense of others. These actions may profit some temporary reward, but ultimately leave the individual in over their head. They have pride into that which is spiraling out of control. Anxiety increases, which places greater pressure on them to cover their tracks with more self-protective and fear-based actions. What is released from the proverbial Pandora's box hurts the one who opened it, but moreover hurts society as a whole. We're at a turning point in history to reject fear, ignorance, and the many masks of prejudice that are birthed from it. Each one of us has a voice, a platform of influence, and we must take responsibility to do our part in healing the land not to mention humanity and culture, for posterity's sake. Today is the day and now is the time to reverse the scourge of prejudice. Hypocrisy is to demand behaviors from others, but grant ourselves exception. This duplicity is unacceptable and must be silenced in our internal dialogue. Positive change can begin with a committed minority who will take responsibility to be a voice of hope, validation, honor, and celebration within our world. Love is powerful. Love is not sentimental emotionalism. It is a powerful choice to do what is best for another. Love is a conscious and selfless action to serve something greater, whether that is the family, the community, or the nation. It isn't physical affection or romance, but a much greater and deeper manifestation of kindness. It is not easily offended or prideful. It is quick to forgive. Love is a powerful act that releases emotional health to the one giving and to the one receiving. It brings courage to the heart and empowers the recipient to stand strong in difficult times. Love sees clearly the current reality, but also dreams of what could be. It is established in truth and knows what is right, just, and good. Love gives. Powerful love hates prejudice, abuse of power, dishonor, bias, criticalness, stereotypes, corruption, and every other form of devaluation. These things are an insult to love, Relationships, families, organizations, communities, or nations have never been divided over love, honor, respect, or validation. On the contrary, love has the power to unite, restore, and heal.